The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. The height and breadth and depth of love divine surround us and embrace us in this hour. We lift our voices in the praise of God. In word and music, we are touched, illumined, and healed. A Bach cantata and a word of blessing meet us today to bring the gospel of grace, to bring the gospel of peace. Music and word and praise are offered for our gathered congregation here in Marsh Chapel, for our radio congregation in New England on WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership around the globe at WBUR.org. We invite your written and emailed responses, your prayerful and material support, your self-selection in forms of service and ministry, and your presence on Sunday. This is the day the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
may we pray. Almighty and everlasting God, you govern all things both in heaven and on earth. Mercifully hear the supplications of your people, and in our time grant us your peace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. Well, beloved, a choral Kyrie now gathers us into one. Out of many, one. We offer silent and personal confession, but we do so together. The choir lifts us to remind us of our place in the choir of the new age. Together we confess that our hearing of the gospel is partial, spotty. Together we confess that while we believe in justice, our doing of it has been uneven. Together we confess that we love to receive mercy, but have a harder time giving it. Together we confess that our walk in humility frequently is interrupted by galloping pride, lollygagging sloth, and speeding falsehood. And we confess our need to take a spiritual shower at least once a week in confession. So as the choir sings, may we bow to offer our silent prayer.
Out of the cold we come to warm our hands at the gospel fire and to be reminded in the words of Howard Thurman that you are, we are, each together is a child of the living God. If we confess our sins, God who is faithful and just will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks be to God. A lesson from the prophet Micah, chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. Hear what the Lord says. Rise, plead your case before the mountains, and let the hills hear your voice. Hear, you mountains, the controversy of the Lord, and you enduring foundations of the earth. For the Lord has a controversy with his people, and he will contend with Israel. O my people, what have I done to you, and what have I wearied you? Answer me. For I brought you up from the land of Egypt, and redeemed you from the house of slavery. And I sent before you Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. O my people, remember now what King Balak of Moab devised, what Balaam son of Baor answered him, and what happened from Shittim to Gilgal, that you may know the saving acts of the Lord. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgressions, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O mortal, what is good, And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? The word of the Lord. Please join me in saying verses from Psalm 15 with the antiphon. who may dwell in your holy hill. Those who walk blamelessly and do what is right and speak the truth from their heart, who do not slander with their tongue and do no evil to their friends, nor take up a reproach against their neighbors, in whose eyes the wicked are despised, but who honor those who fear the Lord, who stand by their oath even to their hurt who do not lend money at interest, and do not take a bribe against the innocent. Those who do these things shall never be moved. Let us stand together as we are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri 
and the reading of the gospel. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Matthew, chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. Glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain. And after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. Hearken to a voice like that overheard by Marcel Proust, a voice sure of being heard and musical because it was the command not only of authority to obedience but of wisdom to happiness. Happiness, blessedness. Here is the voice of the risen Jesus Christ carrying the promises of the new life, naming the citizens of the new life, describing the landscape of the new life. Hearken to blessing, the keynote of the new age, the call to a new life. As the cantata sings, let your word for us, that bright light, burn for us cleanly and purely. To some degree, our gospel today challenges us with a rigorously heavenly demand in the heart of our very earthly condition. To some degree, the gospel brings us humility because we realize we can never achieve its height. To 
To some degree, the gospel reminds us of the call of Jesus to his own age and the earliest church to their own as an instruction in the interim, their shared expectation of the imminent end of the age. Think of a set of Russian dolls, eight dolls held one inside the other, as John Wesley advised of the Sermon on the Mount and its beginning. Every sentence is closely connected with what precedes and what follows it. The outside largest doll carries drawn cheeks, the sign of despondency, asadia, depression. Remarkably, there is blessing. There are none so thin as those who will not eat, and none so loved by God's Christ as those who carry the weight of emptiness, the poor in spirit. Perhaps Luke, who simply says, fortunate are the poor, means to caution us, as does all Christian tradition, against the temptations in abundance of possessions or positions for that matter. The call of wisdom to happiness. The next biggest doll, just inside the outside one, has tears. Tears require love. Love first. A young woman or man suddenly ousted from a friendship or love may be overcome by tears and shocked that he or she, she should be or could be so overcome. Love is like that, especially when it leaves the room. When there is a tear in the garment of self-control, self-sufficiency, mercy, tears flow. But one knows by the measure of pain the power of love. You do not know what you have until it is gone. The verse attends more directly, though, to our shared condition, to the mourning that we feel when, the world, when we see the world as it is and contrast that sight to the vision of the reign of God. So those who mourn by spirit do so in part over the hurtful waywardness of the world around. We ever keep before us the 20% of children in our land awakening in poverty, the 10% of people hunting for work, disappointed, the vast and unnecessary indebtedness of students and others, the cries of the needy from far and near, wisdom beckoning to the real present future happiness. Open the next doll. Those who mourn know emptiness and prepare the way for the meek, like Moses the meek. Doll three has bright eyes, blue they are and bright, Good things come to bright-eyed dolls who can wait a little. Those alive to what is given, what is offered, what is provided, those with empty hands may just inherit something. Wisdom is the herald of happiness. Inside patience, one finds hunger, a desire for what cannot be had on the cheap. So look at this fourth doll whose lips are pursed, if faith is worthless, where is worth? If the church is useless, where is hope? If the ministry is outdated, where is meaning? If preaching is not worth doing, can you tell me, please, what is? Tight-lipped hunger for what is right in the long run brings the just out of a love of love itself and the withered long-suffering to await it. The wisdom of Micah calls to the happiness of Matthew. 
Mercy is the water of spiritual life, the hydration required for existence beyond the animal kingdom. See the fifth doll here who smiles. All of us are better when we are loved, and all of us are made right when we are forgiven. Wisdom brings happiness. Poor in spirit, then those who mourn, then the meek, then the hungry for justice, and then the merciful. Like an oyster bearing a pearl, they shape the hard jewel of the purity of the heart, which Kierkegaard said was to will one thing. Philosophers seek purity, intellectuals seek purity of heart, scholars and academics seek purity of heart. Together we seek that love of wisdom which evokes happiness of the heart. Now the dolls are smaller, harder to see, harder to hold. The peacemaker stands with arms open, spread abroad, and ready to embrace. Our cantata balances a New Year prayer for new life, not only for the individual, but also for the community, for both person and country, ourselves and our land. We desire an expression of faith that is amenable to culture, and we desire a culture which is acceptable to faith. The disciplines of nonviolence, well beyond the spiritual strength of most of us most of the time, demand the denial of self-protection. Could there be blessing here? Remarkably, the gospel of, the, of truth says, yes, here. Here, too, wisdom commands happiness. Our last Russian doll is so tiny, narrow gate, straight way. There is no expression we can see, no posture, no gesture. For the sake of the new age, some have suffered persecution. To be reviled in a good cause, to be libeled in a just struggle, to be harmed in a righteous conflict, somehow, and it is hard always to see how, somehow is to receive a blessing. May those who are preaching across the country this morning and who with courage and counting the cost enter the pulpit to announce freedom and grace facing the challenges of this age, may they receive blessing, the blessing that comes with costly truth spoken. Here, the persecution surrounding and threatening the primitive church may have made a later Methian incursion into an inherited sermon. A tenor solo following a contralto aria, evangelist overtaking oral tradition. Dr. Jarrett, as we listen to our cantata today, what notes of blessing and phrases of fortune and sounds of grace shall we expect? Written for the Sunday of New Year's, when the Church celebrates the naming of Christ in the Temple, this cantata numbers among the many observances associated with the celebration of Christ's birth. The message, the moment of grace in our cantata, is direct and simple. In the new year, as we start a new semester at Boston University, we need but call on the name, the name of Jesus in each step of our lives from beginning to end. And when we pray, it is through the name of Jesus that our petition approaches the throne of grace. From the first movement, 
we sing a hymn or a fugue, in this case, as you'll hear, in the praise of God's name. And it's as if the celebration has already started and we're just joining in the middle. There's no introduction. The tenors begin without any, uh, any help from the orchestra of where their note is. It starts right away with the fugue entrance. This corporate hymn of praise takes on a personal and individual expression in the tenor aria that follows. The aria is bursting with assurance and bravado, both from the tenor soloist and the two violinists whose bows never stop moving in the whole movement. The central movement of the cantata is sung by the alto, and she sings a a secco recitative, or an unaccompanied recitative, with quite a bit of text, but this becomes a sort of New Year's resolution about how and when we will call on the name of the Christ child, how and when we will use the name of Jesus. The second aria of the cantata captures the omnipresence of Christ in our lives if we but call on his name. This soprano aria embodies the beauty of a life of faith and trust in his holy name. Originally, this aria was part of a secular cantata about the beauty of the wind. And you'll hear in the opening line of the violin solo and then in the elegant shape of the phrase of the soprano sung by Margot Rood, you'll hear this elegant treatment of this aria reworked here to be a meditation on the utterance of Christ's name at the beginning of our life and at the end. Before the conclusion, before the conclusion and the final chorale, the baritone explains to us the ways in which we are taught to invoke the name of Christ, specifically when we pray. Even the smallest voice can reach the highest heaven through Christ's redemptive power, a power available to all who but call on his name. And notice the variation of treatment as the baritone sings, beginning with simple arioso accompanied only by cello and organ. Then the two oboes enter as the baritone continues his little lecture for us, and then finally rounding out in arioso with the oboes and the cello and the organ. The conclusion of the cantata is, of course, a final chorale, here in very festive form. The trumpets and timpani return from the first movement, and the chorus of the church comes to life in a dance-like middle section. The music is confident, it's assured, and it's bold. It's virtuosic without being boastful, confident without being arrogant. From beginning to end, the music embodies this spirit. A mirror of the boldness and assurance offered through life and through Christ Jesus. Here Bach gives musical voice to our new year and an exhortation to bear the name of Jesus each day throughout the year and through our earthly lives. And so in this hour, Dr. Jarrett and I are musicians, and we all together offer our prayer. Turn your blessing upon us, O Lord. Give peace to every outcome. The cantata looks forward both to personal sanctification and to social holiness, blessings both individual and collective. Such a voice, a voice sure of being heard and musical, because it is the command not only of authority to obedience, but of wisdom to happiness. Amen.
The peace of the Lord be always with you. We do well to remember this morning that Bach gave us God's word, Mozart gave us God's laughter, and Beethoven gave us God's fire, and God gave us music that we might pray without words. We give thanks this morning to Dr. Scott Allen Jarrett and the Marsh Chapel Choir and Collegium for their leadership of us in prayer this morning. We hope you will join us following the service for Coffee Hour Downstairs, and as our gospel reading this morning was the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, you may wish to stay at 1230 for our afternoon Bible study, which will be examining the Sermon on the Mount in its entirety throughout the semester. On behalf of Dean Hill, I would also like you to invite you to join us on the Frog Pond on Boston Common this Wednesday from 1 to 2 p.m. as Dean Hill leads us in celebrating what I know is on the pinnacle of all of your holiday calendars, Groundhog Day. That's 1 to 2 p.m. on Wednesday on the Frog Pond. We do hope that you'll let us know that you're here so that we can get to know you better and help you get to know one another better throughout the week by signing in on the red pads to be found along the center aisle of each pew. We hope you'll pass them along to your neighbor as well. Do keep an eye on the Marsh Chapel website for upcoming services and activities. That's bu.edu chapel, where there's also the opportunity for online giving. Now walk in love as Christ loves us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
before us, the life within us, the fellowship among us, and thy love that surrounds us, we give thee thanks, O Lord. Bless these gifts and the givers, we pray. Amen. and purely, and let us complete the year to the praise of your name. Amen. 